Welcome to the South North Baptist Church podcast. This message was originally preached in 2018 and it's from our Why series. In today's episode, John Perry explores why we serve. The reading is taken from Mark chapter 10, verses 35 to 45. The request of James and John. Then James and John, the son of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with a baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whosoever wants to be first, be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the word of the Lord. The second lesson is taken from Acts chapter 17, 22 to 28. Acts 17, 22 to 28. Let us hear the word of God. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For I shall walk around and look carefully at your objects of worship. I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Now what you worship as something unknown, I'm going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world, the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in the temple built by hand, and he is not served by human hands, as if he needed anything, because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man he made every nation of men, that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men who would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each of us, each one of us, for in him we live and move, have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. This is the word of God. How's that? Can you all hear me? That's good. Good morning, church. Good morning. What a lovely, glorious day it is today. The sun's shining, blue sky. And I know you're a church that I've been getting to know over the last few weeks. 
And I've got to be honest, I've really missed you all this week being back at college. And by the time Wednesday come this week in college, we'd done a lecture in the afternoon and we went straight through without a break. And by about quarter to four, everyone in the club looked around, everyone was nearly snoring. <coughs> and we had no tea break, no coffee. And it was really hard. And for a couple of days I was coming home and just like zonking out on the settee. And Sonia was sitting there crocheting like this, looking. And I was sitting there like an old man of 50, because I was 50, wasn't I? And I was nodding off like this. And it was really tiring. But because I know you're a church who likes to get out and travel and get around, I thought I want to take you all on a journey this morning. Imagine this church. Imagine that we're all on a big bus. Okay, we're all passengers on a bus this morning. And we're all travelling together. And the journey I want to take you on this morning is about why we serve God. So we're on our Y series and we're continuing with the work of the Y series that you started earlier in the summer. And just to recap, last week we looked at why we give and how the Macedonian church in in Paul's letter in 2 Corinthians 8 was about encouraging to excel in the grace of giving. But today we're looking at the next point. Oh, it's the first time we're using this one today. It's got to go that way, isn't it? Is that right? Oh, you, ain't, you haven't trained me on this one yet, Pete. No, it will, thank you. Okay, so today's um, sermon is about why we serve. So just for a moment, just remember, we're all going to be on a bus, we're all travelling on a journey. I haven't really got a number or a name for the route, but have you all got your Oyster cards and your bus passes and your... You can just tap in with debit cards now as well. Okay, so have you all got your tickets? Give me a yes, yep. Okay. okay. So first of all, just remember, just want to take this moment in your mind and think about Jesus when he tells us that he came to serve. And just ponder that in your minds for a moment. And just still your hearts and minds. Just, and just think of that image of what it really means that Jesus, Jesus came to serve. And as that thought flows through your mind this morning, think about how powerful and awesome the sacrifice that was made for our sins through God, sending his son who died for us on the cross. And as believers in Jesus, as the son of God, we too have to obey that will of God so that we can live out serving others for which God works through us to minister his unconditional grace and love to everybody on this planet through filling and guiding us by the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says in Mark 10.45, it says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. As I was preparing today, I, I felt that it was important to remind ourselves who we are serving. Who we are serving before we get to the why we are serving. And then once we know why we are serving, we can move forward to how we may serve. So who are we serving? In our second reading of Acts earlier, we learned that as Paul walked around Athens, he became aware of the objects and the idols that were being worshipped by the Athenians and the foreigners. The inscription, the inscription that was read in Acts 17.23, For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. When I look around in my daily life, I feel saddened 
at the material things that people choose to favour and care for. The respect for a human life and an individual is easily outweighed by maybe a value of a car. A car as it speeds along carelessly down the road. The younger generation growing up with the fear of gang warfare on our streets. And those instigating a desire for the power and control having no real hope for the future except to prosper themselves. That bombardment of daily news that we hear. The news that we hear and we see of crime and deaths on our streets like it's just another figure to add to an endless list or spreadsheet in our society. The God we serve does not want a place like this for us, for those who have not yet discovered the transforming power of Jesus into their life. He doesn't want a place like this for us. But everywhere I travel today, people are staring at their phones, their gadgets, including myself. I understand that technology has moved on since I was a kid, and pen and paper, it's becoming a thing of the past now, isn't it? You don't see many people writing down on bits of paper anymore. What was it like before we had mobile phones? Before we had emails? We're so up to date with technology now that we've forgotten the art of communicating face to face with people. We get a text message, don't we? Where are you? So I sent one back. I'm sitting right next to you. Right? I'm sitting right next to you, I'm right here. If only you looked up and looked me in the face. I never get a letter in the post anymore asking about how I am. How are you? How are you doing? Do you remember years ago the blue letters used to have the airmail? You used to post off to your family abroad or wherever they moved to, you know? And that funny sign of that funny paper, wasn't it? We never get none of that no more. So this week I wrote a letter to myself because no one's sending me letters. So I thought I'm going to send a letter to myself and I'm going to open it a bit later today and share what's in it with, you know, with, with all of you this morning. So I'll leave it there for now. The only letters I actually get normally is letters in the post for a bill or a demand of some kind. And then you look at it, don't you, straight away and you oh, another one. Put that away. Put it in the cupboard. Hide it away. But there's nothing wrong with very nice things in moderation. Staying in contact, texting, emailing, getting our daily devotions online. There's nothing wrong with that. But we are forgetting how easy these habits can encroach on our life. And this pulls us away from having that, that full relationship of knowing God and who he is. The distractions are endless. From the moment we open our eyes in the morning and our ears until we eventually shut down at night. If you sit a computer, a computer screen, which I've been doing the last few days, you really have to discipline yourself not to think about, hang on, I'll check this, I'll check this, I'll check that. And we don't actually get the task done that we sat there to do in the beginning. But the God who we serve is the triune God, the one in three, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, who wants to give us all equal amounts of that unconditional love. All we have to do is believe and receive. Just turn to your neighbour a minute and tell them. Just tell them. Believe and receive. Believe and receive. The God who we serve, he can free us from addictions. The God who we serve brings deliverance from sin and evil. The God who we serve brings healing, he brings hope, he brings freedom from fear and anxiety. 
How many pages have messed up now? What's happened? Bear with me. There we are. What have I done now? Okay, there we are. But as Paul says in Acts 24 to 25, he says, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands and is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. That is the God who we serve. And now we move on to why we serve. Why do we serve? So why do we serve God, who Paul rightly says in Luke's writing of Acts, he says, God is not served by human hands. So why do we need to serve him? Each of us have different gifts, and and as for us as believers in Jesus, we are to use these gifts in whatever way the Lord tells us for his glory. And this brings praise to him. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. By coming together as individuals with different gifts, we are building the church as the one body, with Jesus as the head. Not the actual place of worship where we meet together, but the building of the Christians from all over the world, forming that one body in Christ. We all have a part to play, which is equally important for building God's kingdom. We all have a role to play as Christians. As we serve others in this way, the the transforming nature and the power of Jesus becomes apparent for others to witness in us. We pray and hope that the relationship of trust that we have received with Jesus will make a difference in somebody else's life, in somebody else's life for the better. Now I know you like stories and I know it's my first time up here today in the church and I've got plenty of material stuffed away somewhere. So as time goes on, you're going to learn a bit more about me. But I want to take you back to a story about, probably about ten years ago. I used to be a bus driver, London bus driver. Does anyone know Brixton? Yeah? Do you know Acre Lane? Do you know the 355 bus route? I used to be a driver on the 355 bus route. That was one of the routes. And his story one day was I was travelling along on the bus, driving along, he'd sit like this, sitting on the bus, he'd look out, you know. <laughs> driving along on the bus down Acre Lane, and I, at the bus stop I see all the people coming up, and I see this man with an electric scooter waiting at the bus stop. But he must have had his legs in a, an operation or in cast because his legs were laid out straight. He had two legs sticking out straight. So as a driver, you're driving along and you're preparing, you can see the people and I always used to look at people and look at their attitudes. And you get the young guys at the bus stop normally who get, I think they get a bit embarrassed. It's a bit like walking into a room when you get on a bus, like we are today. And you don't know anybody, but you want to look cool. And no one, and they, no one looks at the driver when they get on, you know. So people get their cards and tap in and they don't look at the driver. They, and they walk past. But the driver's aware, he's watching what's going on. He's seeing all the people and he's, you know, he's reading what's going to happen. But this particular bus stop down Acre Lane, this gentleman was in one of these electric, electric chairs. And as I pulled up at the bus stop, I could see the people with their shopping bags, all eager to get on the bus. They're all, rush, rush, get on. Their noses like virtually on the edge of the door, waiting for the driver to push the button to open the doors. And I thought, no, the man's got to come on first, because he needs space to turn around. So I put the ramp out. Beep, 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 put the ramp out. And then these people like give me attitude at the door now. 
You know, they're holding all their shopping bags. And stuff. So I let the man get on. Anyway, I noticed the man on the back of his, on the back of his um, scooter, he had all these carrier bags and shopping. And he was weighed down, he was sort of like back heavy, you know, it was like this. And he weren't getting up the ramp, you know. He, wasn't, he needed a bit more momentum to get up there. He wasn't getting up. So I thought, okay, I'll step out of the box. Step out of this plastic. You know, they have all this plastic stuff, don't they? All around, all this screen. And they tell you when you train as a bus driver, don't get out of your box. Whatever you do, don't get out. It's all on camera. If something happens, you're not insured and you could lose your job. But that's not me. I can't do that. If I see somebody, I need to get out and help them. So I've got myself out. And now the attitude of the people's all changing at the bus stop now. And I can hear all the people. <laughs> yeah, I can hear a bit of cussing going on, you know? <laughs> right? But it's all right. I'm not bothered about that. I'm okay. So now I went, so I went around the back of the bus. The, the side doors are open. And I helped this man out. And I'm helping him push. And I'm pushing him up like. Anyway, I nearly done my back, right? I don't know what was in his shopping bags. He must have had jars of gherkins and stuff, you know, so I don't know, right? So I lifted him up and he bumped up. We got up at the ramp and we was in the bus. We was in the bus. But now we've got the post and the handrails where he's hanging on. And because his legs are both out, he's getting himself stuck. And he couldn't turn. And we're wedged. And he's backing up and he's doing this and this. And these people are at the front of the bus and they're cussing me and all this. Stuff. I thought, I've got to help this man. Anyway, I got him settled down. We put him into, that, into the bay there where the prams go. We parked him in there. He was good. Okay. I come back round. And I forgot to say, the, I opened the front doors. Think about it. I opened the front doors at the time. And I went, and I've and done that command, you know, like stop. You know? But in Brixton, that don't normally work. <laughs> right? <laughs> that don't mean nothing down Brixton, because everyone knows how they travel on the bus, you know? But for me, they, they stopped for a bit. But by now, I was out the outside of the bus. I was down the middle of the doors like this. When I looked, there was a queue. Massive queue. So I thought, oh no, I'll join the queue. So the bus is parked up. The hazard lights are on. The ramp's out. The doors are open. Everyone's queuing in the bus. And I'm behind everybody else now. And I can hear me, where's the driver gone? Where's the driver? Where's the driver? <laughs> so I just stood there. I just stood there and queued. Eventually we shuffled down like this, so like this, and I got in the bus. And I let myself in and got back in the seat. And I said, thank you for waiting, everybody. And we got in the bus and drove off. But my point is, that when we serve God, we have to be prepared to step out of our comfort zones. Like the driver coming out of the bus, out of the box, out of the driver's seat. You've got to be able to help, regardless of what the others might think. We have to engage with people to share that God's love. So by serving God in this way, we are not searching for any reward for ourselves, but giving God the honour and glory for conquering death at the cross and salvation of our sins and giving us eternal life with him in heaven. That's why we serve. But when, when Jesus was at the Last Supper in Luke's Gospel, in chapter 20, verse 27, a dispute erupted over who was the greatest. And Jesus said, for who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. So when we serve, there's no distinction between how much more or less we do than our brothers and sisters in Christ. The Holy Spirit is the one who is guiding our paths 
uh, ministering, ministering the love of Christ as we are his disciples. And for that we have to obey. So moving on to the, the next part, which I think is important. How we serve. So how do we serve? As Christians, we are servants of God so that we can honour and glorify him because of what we believe he has done for all people. All that we do has to be done with a heart of gratitude, a sincere heart. It's no good doing something that causes you stress or anxiety. What's the point? What's the point of that? God doesn't want division and separation amongst us. He wants us all to serve with a joyous and peaceful heart. We have to have a wanting to do what is ever required. And sometimes it's not an easy journey when we get put in places that sometimes we don't like to be. Sometimes it takes us into a place and we say, why me, Lord? Why me? And we question the situation because we can't see the bigger picture that's taking shape as God can on our lives. In Psalm 100, verse 2, it reminds us, it says, Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. The Apostle Paul again in Ephesians 4, verses 1 to 3, he says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. That's us. As believers in Christ, as Christians, worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bear with one another in love. And make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. The way we serve God will be different from everybody. God works in us at different times. He works in us in different ways. He works through us at different times and in different ways. The key point here is that we are all working together alongside each other as one Christian family for the will of God. That's why we serve. And as I come to close... Having the grace of God, the faith, the hope, the love, it gives us the ability to turn our gaze from ourselves, turning away from those selfish desires of worship and objects, as Paul mentions in Acts 17 23. That same grace that lets you trust how great God is in your life gives you the endless opportunities to experience joy in making differences in somebody else's life having your eyes and your ears opened to those around you. That's why we serve. And 1 Peter 4.11 says, it says, If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, the power, forever and ever. Amen. Remember I said about communicating and not getting a letter and I wrote this one to myself. The reason I wrote it was so I could open it and share it with you today and share what I put inside and even Sonia doesn't know this. She doesn't know this. But when we started our journey in our, in our little motor home a few years back now when we got together we had a little fridge magnet we used to keep on the side. And every time you go and make a cup of tea or get something out, the fridge magnet stares at you and it reminds you. And this little fridge magnet we've had for about six years, like this. You can see it there. 
And the verse on here, it says, it says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. And every time I open that fridge and get a tea or a coffee, and I'm reading that every day. As for me, we will serve the Lord. Let's pray. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, I pray today that not only for my house, but also everybody gathering together today, that serving the Lord would always come first in all that you do. I pray that whatever gift has been given to us, we can use it to serve others, to glorify your holy name. I pray that through the Holy Spirit, the living God will teach and guide us in our ways to serve for the building of your kingdom, however small or big that may be. But we do it, Lord, in the name, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, ladies and gents, we're at the end of our route. We've reached our destination this morning. I hope you've enjoyed the journey. And I hope to see you again on another route very soon. Amen.